Successful Performer Cast, Episode 11. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, this is Chris Shepard, your host. Thanks for listening to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews successful entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Have you joined our email list? This is a great way to be notified every time a new episode breaks. Go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com to sign up today and never miss an episode. Also, if you enjoy this free podcast and would like to show your appreciation, go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com and click on the subscribe on iTunes tab at the top. This will take you to the iTunes store where you can leave a rating and a review. Also, as a special thanks for five-star ratings, I will personally give you a shout-out thanking you by name in a future episode of our show. Now, as promised, I'd like to take a moment to thank those who have given me five-star ratings and reviews. Chris Alton, Natalie Gelman, Brian Drake, and Tim Friday. Thank you all so much for your help and support. I really appreciate it. Now, let's get to the good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show a talented entertainer, Gabriel Morrison. Gabriel is a voiceover artist and actor out there living his dream. Listen close, you just might recognize his voice. Thanks so much for being here, Gabriel. Are you ready to get started? Yes, of course. Thanks for having me, Chris. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for being here. So let's start out with a little bit of inspiration. Could you tell us one of your favorite success quotes and how you live by it? Uh, Yeah. Uh, so a quote that I really like, um, is pretty simple, but it's, it's, it's the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. And it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And, uh, I like that quote because, uh, you know, years ago when I wanted to decide to be an actor, you know, I, I envisioned who I would become and I, you know, made it happen. And, and every, I think every day we get to decide who we are. And we get to decide our own reality. And so for me, a long time ago, I was like, I want to be a performer and I want to make performing. Uh, and over the years, I made it happen. And so, you know, every day I choose choose that reality and it's, and it's paying off for me. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. So, Gabriel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business as a performer. Kind of bring us into your journey. Uh, sure. Um, so... I actually didn't start performing or acting until college, my junior year of college at New Mexico State University uh, from the desert. I took one improv class, and it was the most silly, ridiculous, fun class. I had such a good time. And uh, the professor is like, hey, you know, you're you're pretty good at improv, uh, which, does, <laughs> which doesn't take much, by the way, right. <laughs> to run around on stage and act like a child. Yeah, uh, and he was like, "You should, you know, be in a play." And I was like, "All right, I'll I'll be in a play." And I auditioned to be in a, in a show. I think it was the Christmas Carol, and I got a lead. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. All right." And then I loved it. I loved the show so much. I loved being on stage so much that it, immediately I changed my major to theater. 
and uh, was in lots of shows after that. The nice thing about New Mexico is there's not a ton of people trying to act. And so if you're, you know, decent, you can get a lot of lead parts. (laughs) So I got a lot of uh, good roles and then wanted to move to Chicago to pursue improv. And so I moved here, uh, studied uh, studied comedy at Iowa Theater for a few years. Was on a Herald team, which was like my dream come true. Uh, Herald team called Classy, and uh, and then people were always like, "Ah, oh, you've got a good voice. You should go and try voice acting." And I was like, "All right." So I took a class and loved the class. And the teacher was like, "Hey, you're you're good. You should get a demo." And I was like, "All right, I'll get a demo." And uh, and then I scored a great agent. After that, here in town, here in Chicago, and then it was about six, six or eight months later, uh, I booked my first job for voiceover, and then um, it took you know two years or so to build up jobs where I was doing it regularly, and and so it, it was awesome. It's been an awesome journey, and now you know really just by by having a good agent and sending me auditions all the time and scoring work, it's it's been a dream come true. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so you you just kind of uh, it it feels like you kind of accidentally fell into it as you discovered your love for acting, and uh, and people just kept spurring you on. That's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It seemed to be like I would I always try to pay attention to like what the universe is, you know, to put it poetically, what the universe is is telling you to do. And so I would be like, you know. L- l- listen for those doors and look for them. And then I'd be like, all right, I'll try it out. And of course, a lot of those fail, but then some of them light up and you're like, all right, I'll walk through this door. Uh, and, and that's what seemed to happen. It's been pretty awesome. Very cool. Now, did you encounter any resistance from family and friends as they learned that you're trying to go into uh, professional entertainment? Uh, no, actually I, my family and friends were very supportive, you know, uh, like my, uh, now mother-in-law, she helped me pay for my demo, you know, here in Chicago, cause it was really expensive to get a demo and, Very nice. and you know, she, <laughs> she helped pay for it. And I was just like, this is amazing. I think that, uh, even in my head a long time ago, I didn't think that I was going to make, a, I wasn't like going to make a living doing it. I was like, I will perform and act always and I'll do voiceover always cause it's so much fun. Uh, but I, in the beginning, I didn't think I would have I could do it for full time, and I was like, I'm all right doing it part time and having a part time job, and I think that's made it easier on me, and I probably may let my parents breathe a little because they're like, oh, thank God he's not he's not uh, going to try to be famous and you know be a, a just live off acting. Right. But then once it, once it started <laughs> happening, they're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, my family and friends have been really, really supportive the whole time. Yeah, and that that's one of the most important things is to have a, a really good support system around you. So Totally, absolutely. Yeah. So could you tell us about a failure that you've had? I mean, we, we've oh. all had moments, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'll skip my real-life failures um, and do performance failures because sure. uh, there's been a lot of them. Let's see. Uh, so – one time I had, I scored a big campaign and I was really excited. Uh, it was my first, you know, big commercials. It was for a grocery store chain that's all over the the East Coast and the Midwest. Okay. And so, and it was going to, so it'd be 
not national spots, but a lot of regional spots. They'd do radio and TV. So I was amped. I went into the studio. Oh, first I auditioned and they wanted sort of a micro type of uh, performance. And so I was like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Just a guy talking with my, you know, with my voice. So I did the audition. I got the job, went in to record and the producers there, they, they wanted like something way, way different than the audition. They wanted me to do like this really high energy, young kind of voice. That's not really me, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to really, I'm going to please this, you know, this producer. Yeah. So I went outside of my range so much and I did a character that wasn't me at all. And it was pretty bad. And <laughs> the ne- the next day I lost the whole account. I lost the account. They found somebody else and I was heartbroken because oh. I was like, no, I was just trying to, I was trying to please. I was trying to do what you wanted me to. Um, but, but the lesson was that I should, you shouldn't go outside your range. You know, you should always put it through the filter of how you perform. And I, that's what I should have done. Uh, and because then it would have still sounded like me and not some silly cartoon that I made up. Yeah. Uh, so I lost the account. I lost the, the whole thing. I was really sad. Wow. <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, you know, you just got to get by, get back up on the horse and, and keep going, you know? Totally. Yeah. That's the important thing to do. Yep. So on the opposite side of the coin, can you tell us about one of your biggest successes? Yeah. Uh, so, and this wasn't like the biggest success financially, but it was the, for being in voiceover and being a performer, it was the most rewarding. So in 2012, I scored a, uh, a spot for the Obama campaign. And okay. I was really excited to do it. And so I did this, uh, it was a radio commercial and also a uh, online commercial. And the, the best thing was it started airing on the radio in all the swing states, uh, especially the swing states. And so all my conservative friends that I grew up with would call me <laughs> and they'd be like, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, it's pretty cool that you're doing voiceover and it's pretty cool that you're uh, getting work but I hate hearing your voice on the radio all day. Like they couldn't stand that I was doing a liberal, like, you know, Obama spot. And I loved it. They had to hear my voice probably five times a day, all my uh, conservative friends I grew up with. And it was just so great. My friends complaining, (laughs) complaining about hearing my voice on the radio was fantastic. That is hilarious, man. (laughs) Uh, It was great. Oh, there was, all right. There's one more, there's one more success. Sure. That, uh, that I'm proud of. So I did one night. This this is the lesson here is always do auditions, never turn them down. Okay. Uh, one night I it was like 11:30, and an audition came in, and I was like, I don't do this. I'm hanging out with my dad and my brother that night, but it was only one or two lines, and so I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go to the mic. I'm going to do it really fast. Got up, did did the, did the line. It was for um, it was for Firestone. And then sent it in and it was a legal line. So it was like that fast talking, real, you know, legal stuff at the end mm-hmm. of the spot. And I totally scored it. And I had, I've had regular jobs for going on two years because of that one audition. Wow. I guess yeah. it just goes to show that you never know what's going to get you what. It could be the smallest or the most obscure thing that'll keep you working for years. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. You never know. 
Yeah, and and my my point behind uh, you know getting the fail the failure story and the and the success stories is just to show our listeners you know we're gonna have moments when you know we we fall on our face or you know whenever something unexpected happens we don't know how to to approach things but mm-hmm. you know we're also gonna have moments of of great success and everything in between. So uh, you know. I I completely agree. I actually think that there's more failure than success i think it's important too i think it's you know falling on your face a lot of times is the best thing to do because that's that's the when you learn the most and so that when you do have those uh pieces of pie those success you know they really feel special you know but all the failures i think is what makes has made me grow into a the performer i am today it's so i'm I'm i think i'm i'm glad i fell down so many times yeah. And those kind of things build character, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So Gabriel, let's uh, go ahead and move into the business side of things uh, a little bit. Um, how do you differentiate yourself from others in your genre? Do you have a unique selling point? Um, yeah. Be, being Coming from an, an improv background and doing a lot of improv here in the city, when I came into voiceover, it was nice because – I'm very, com- I'm so comfortable with a script that I can, I'm pretty loose with it. And so a lot of my auditions aren't, um, aren't as mechanical. So when I approach an audition, it's very kind of fun and loose and, you know, weird or whatever. And, and so, cause I, the bound, the boundaries I put on myself are, are really, you know, wide. Uh, and so coming from an improv background, allows me to just do anything I want uh, and not really be like, oh, is this the right choice? Well, I should do that. This is going to be, you know, th- this is what the the spec says. I'll just be like, no, I'm going to have a good time and be crazy. And a lot of other people in voiceover don't have the improv background. And so they might have great voices. They might be really good actors, but some of them will be a little more structure- structured. And And I'm not. I can be like, you know, eh, I'm going to do a gorilla voice for this, and and that's what I'll do. Very cool. Can, can <laughs> did we, that make Did that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does. And what, one of the things I've learned, I'm a a professional magician, and so oh. I try and script out, uh, you know, my my routines and stuff for the different tricks. But having having the script, it gives you structure. But knowing your script. And having performed it over and over again, that also gives you the liberty to stray from the script as well totally. and, uh, you know, give something different to the people you're performing for. And then yeah. you can always jump back in and, and uh, pick up right where you left off. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know you did magic. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So very cool. So could you uh, – point out uh, or, or pinpoint anything that's worked particularly well for you in growing your business? Yeah. Uh, practice really is for, for voiceover practice is what has paid off the most for me. Uh, being growing up in New Mexico, I grew up with a real lazy mouth, like not speaking cleanly. I mean, even, <laughs> even right here talking to you, I'm probably like slurring through my words, not speaking the most clear how I should. Uh, but but being in voiceover, I've really, you know, I practice. I'll sit and read books and listen to commercials. I'll do it, practice at least three times a week. Uh, and I practice on my diction. I practice on, you know, the inflections, the attitude, 
and copy. I save every single copy I've ever performed, well, auditioned or you know recorded. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, just a stack of papers, and I'll go through them, and I'll just you know every every three days grab a few, do it, uh, do it different styles. I'll listen to a voice that I like on TV or on the radio, and I'll kind of copy that style, but do it through me. And and that's that's when I started booking jobs is when I was practicing the most, and uh, it's great. Very cool. So basically, being as good as you can. Yeah, yeah, being as the best that I can, and then, uh, you know, and then looking to those that are have succeeded. You know, the ones that are, are on the radio, that are on, are on the TV already. What are they doing? Yeah, that's that's the best. Oh, and then of course my agent. If it weren't for my agent, my business wouldn't exist at all. <laughs> nice, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they they call me and say, "Hey, would you like this job?" And I say, "Of course I would. Please." Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny question. Do you want to work? Do you want <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, oh. I know actors that turn down auditions and which is crazy to me. I'm yeah. just like, that's that's your job. How how could you turn down a potential paycheck? <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. Could you take us into the day uh, a day in the life of a performer because it's it's not all getting behind the microphone for you and uh and you know talking. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I, uh, so you mean for me as a performer? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, I like to sleep in. I'm a big sleeper. <laughs> so I'll wake up about 10 o'clock. Uh, 10 a.m. <laughs> Yo, it's the best. I, man, if I don't get my sleep, I'm a grumpy guy. Uh, so wake up about 10 o'clock, uh, every morning I have, I have this delicious smoothie that I make. I walk my dog. Um, I come back to the house and I do normally I do my auditions right then. I have a little studio at my house uh, with a little mic set up. Do do my do my auditions, uh, and then and I'll practice then as well. So I'll be like, oh, I need to really practice my legal today. So I'll practice my legal, uh, and then in the afternoon, I'll I I got into woodworking about two years ago, and so I have a shop out behind my house, and I'll go do reclaimed furniture and stuff uh, to to do something vastly different from. Uh, from voiceover, from performance, you know, to get my hands dirty, to get in, to get in there, to sweat a little bit. Uh, so that'll be my afternoon. And in the evening I do a lot of improv still. So, you know, we'll, we have, uh, rehearsals or shows, you know, nothing, no exciting shows. We'll be performing at a bar or, or somewhere here in Chicago, but it's uh, still fun. I get to hang out with my friends and I get to, you know, sharpen my chops on stage still. Uh, and, and that's about the typical day. Very cool. Unless, of course, it's negative 40 degrees in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> then I stay inside and I cry in a ball oh, and yeah. wish that I was somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like good old sunny Cali, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. How's the weather over there right now? Today is actually gorgeous. It's like yeah. 70, 70 degrees today, and I I literally might go for a walk later just wearing my, my, my underwear. It's <laughs> It's beautiful. And and being a uh, a voiceover artist, nobody will be able to see you walking down the street, right? Because it's the best. I, <laughs> I embarrass myself. I embarrass myself visually every day of my life because no one's gonna see me. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> o- over here in uh, in California, currently where I'm at, it's uh, 57 degrees. So hmm. yeah. So hey, you guys uh, got one up on us today, 57. or at least right now. That's is. I, I thought it would be way warmer than that. Well, right now it's. Uh, it's only nine thirty 
and we there's a little bit of a, a covering right now. Okay. So, yeah. so it'll be it'll be eighty by this afternoon for you. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually doing an outside party today, so that'll be uh, pretty oh, fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. Well, you know, I, I don't want to gloat. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you tell us an interesting story that you've encountered during your performance career? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, I just told this story to my friends last night. They hadn't heard. Um, so, one of my first jobs in Chicago, I was on a uh, a show called Aladdin, but it wasn't the real Aladdin. It was like some some guy's made up version of Aladdin. Okay. It was a, a tour that would go around to elementary schools and perform at three elementary schools a day. And it was only a three person cast, and it was really really bad. It was a very bad play. It was uh, and performing for. 400, you know, elementary school students in a giant gymnasium was not a good idea. Well, so, and I was, and I was the genie and Jafar. And one time we went to a, like a Montessori preschool. It was like a, you know, three to five year olds, but at this very rich, wealthy school. And of course the kids didn't get play at all, nor was there a lot to get, but they didn't even relate to the humor that we could do. And because they're three and five years old. Yeah. So at the end of the play, we always do a question and answer uh, segment. And I, I'm like, well, hey, do you, do you kids have any questions? And this adorable little four-year-old girl just raises her hand. And I'm like, yeah. She says, boo. I was like, oh, I was no. Like, what? What? Uh, so yeah, she raised her hand to boo me, to boo, and which was polite of her. And and then she goes, "It wasn't good." And I was like, "Oh, okay, thank you." Um, yeah, uh, you know, we have good days and bad days. And then she goes, "The movie was so much better." Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, "Yeah, the movie, the movie is really good." Uh, and she goes, "Yeah." And then she puts her hand down. So I'm like, "Well, is there any other questions?" Nobody else raises her hand. It raises their hand. And then one more time, her hand goes up. So I'm like, yes. And she goes, no, it really wasn't good. I was like, <laughs> yeah, thanks. We'll go now. So, yeah, being booed by a four-year-old in a school was uh, just something that will stick with me my whole life. <laughs> wow. Wait, when was that? That was, let's see, that was like 2009. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty horrendous gig. It was uh <laughs> I think 250 bucks a week to mm -hmm. perform uh three shows a day, 5 days a week. It was bad. Wow. <laughs> they they must have been doing good enough though to be getting uh you said three schools per per day? Oh yeah, three schools wow. per day. I mean, seriously, any anybody could go and do a, have a better business than this this company that I work for mm -hmm. could do. Like literally, you and I could today be like, "Hey, let's do a elementary school tours," and we could, <laughs> we could literally have a better business in a week. Because uh, they guess the schools would eat it up. They'd be like, "Yeah, we want to we want to play from Chicago," mm. <laughs> and then you know, because they, they didn't care, they just wanted some sort of entertainment for the kids. So I, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good business. I, I love that idea. We should do this. I'll Skype in every single performance and. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Let's do Skype plays for Skype plays. School. <laughs> Is that a thing? Skype plays? It should be. It should be. You know, we if, could be millionaires. 
That's right. If anybody's doing that, it'd probably be the folks over at the Twit Network, right? Leo Laporte. And, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, very cool. So, lo- looking at your career thus far, Gabriel, would you say that you've made it? No, no. Uh, I th- that that for me that sounds that sounds dangerous. It's like it, from from my brain. If I thought that I made it, that'd be dangerous for me, because then I would stop trying. I would stop, you know, jumping out and uh, auditioning so much. I may, maybe one day, if like all my fears and anxieties and insecurities about and expectations of being a performer and, and being a success, if those go away, then I would say like, yeah, I think I've made it, but I don't think those will ever go away. I I think for me in my mindset, I would have to say that I'm, I'm making it, you know, making it every day. Good point. Uh, and if I stop making it, then, then I'm, I'll stop being successful. Uh, you know, cause for me, it's really about the process or the growth, you know, because if, if I only, if I concentrated on the paycheck or getting the job in the end, I'd be real disappointed most of the time. But instead, you know, I love auditioning so much. I love getting out there and performing in, in any capacity. And so I feel like my real job is to audition and to take risks and my job isn't to record commercials, you know, when that happens and when the paychecks come, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> it no makes doubt. it a lot easier to, to eat and pay bills. But, but really, it's about the performance, you know, and, and making it every day for myself. Very cool. So you're, you're seeing it more through the lenses of it's not, a, it's not a destination I've made it per se, but it's the journey Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I actually, this is advice that I tell a lot of my, like my friends, you know, and and that it's never do something because of where you want to be. Like you, you have to enjoy the process. Like if you're in something because you like just doing it and it feels good and you're growing, then, then the end is going to be just a, a beautiful place that doesn't feel like an end because then you'll be like, all right, what's next? You know, but I find that when I make decisions or do things because of like, well, this is going to lead to a, a, a better job or, you know, the, the, the best relationship, it's like, well, that's, that, that, you'll never get there. But if yeah. you do something because you're like, oh man, I love doing this and I, I, I would do it without money. I would do it without success you know, then, then all of a sudden it makes it easy and it takes a lot of the stress away from it because for, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be a performer. I'm going to be an actor my entire life in whatever capacity that is, you know, success. There, there is no like goal, you know, there'll be small you know, triumphs along the way and hopefully some huge triumphs, but, uh, but yeah, it's all about the process for me. So, Looking back again, is there anything that you would have done differently up to this point? Of course, yeah. I would, I would have uh, auditioned more. I wouldn't have turned down like if I knew now. I you know, if I know, no, how do how do you say that? If I knew what I know now, if I knew then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would have auditioned more. I wouldn't have turned down anything. I would have 
you know, taking more risks. I would have taken more classes. Uh, okay. You know, like a few years ago, I was like, no, I don't need to take that class because I'm a good enough actor. You know, F that, like learn as much <laughs> as you can. Yeah, really, like get get out there and take so many risks. That's what I would do more. I would because because now I'm I'm 31 years old, you know, and I'm I feel like I do less simply because I'm uh, my back hurts and I'm <laughs> I need more sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Already? man, why did? Yeah, oh, seriously, man. Oh, oh, I feel. I'll send you my headshot. You'll see. I look 50 <laughs> years old. I'm 31, but I look 50. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if I when I was 25 or 21, even man, if I would have been taking this all the risks I could, it would have been great. That's what I'd do. Awesome. Very cool. You know, I'm I'm curious. You you said you you discovered uh, acting uh, while you were in college. What were you studying before you changed your major? <laughs> before I changed my major, I was a, a, a well, I, it was a, three quick things. First, I was business. Uh, I was a business major, which okay. was terrible, which I could not stand. I, was, <laughs> I really and that and that was that's a good example. When I was a business major. I thought that I was going to like one day own a restaurant and I was like, all right, one day I'm going to be a, own a business and be in charge. And then, but the process, what I was learning in school at that time, I was like, this is awful. And then I worked in a restaurant. I was like, this is terrible. I, you know, I, I I would never like this. Uh, Even if I was very successful in business, I would not enjoy it. Uh, So I was like, well, that's out. And then I got into political science (laughs) and then I, like, man, I I am political, but just because I'm angry with politicians, <laughs> so I I shouldn't yeah. I shouldn't major in something because I'm angry at po- politics. So then I switched, uh, and and then found took the improv class and then found acting, and I was like, this is fulfilling. I love this, and it really I wasn't even thinking about well, one day I'll make money acting. I was like, no, I just this is so much fun, and this is what I need right now. I, I think it's funny that um, that uh, after discovering acting and and uh, becoming a, a a professional performer is how you've uh, you've still touched those uh, those different industries in in little ways. Like obviously, you know, you have to be you have to have business chops and stuff if you're going to keep making it. You have to learn about business, marketing, and uh, all of that stuff in order to be a successful entertainer. But you also were able to do the little voice actor, uh, the the voiceover for uh, for Obama's campaign as well. Yeah, so totally. you were touching on that as well. <laughs> wow, yeah, you're right. I have I have not even put those together until you just said that. That is absolutely true. And I, I also think it's a good indication whenever you're trying to find yourself per se is to actually go out there and and see what it's actually like. And as you found out, you know. You couldn't do that for a living. <laughs> yeah, you would have hated it. Uh huh. Absolutely. And you know, it's. Uh, I, I think that when you are doing what you love, then those other things, like being like, "All right, well, I need to be good at business so that I can be a successful," because I can be successful at voiceover. You know, then that becomes apparent. You're like, "All right, well, let me put, let me study my business stuff again." But it's for mm-hmm. this reason, um, you know, and and so yeah, they come back in and they all weave together. Absolutely. You, you just weren't ready for it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> well, 
Well, that's awesome. So, Gabriel, could you recommend a resource that you always use to our listeners? And this could be anything from an iPhone app. And some people would argue you just can't beat good old paper and pen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. This might be the weirdest thing you've ever heard or the listeners. Uh, (laughs) You'd be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So what I recommend, a resource that I always use, is a cork, like a cork from a wine bottle. Okay. Yeah, so I, I always carry carry it in my pocket. It's in my pocket right now. Uh, it's great for voiceover actors or actors, any any kind of actors, because if you put it in your mouth when you're saying lines, it it's like lifting weights for your mouth, and it will clean up your diction a lot. And it will, you if you you know say your line with the cork in your mouth in between your teeth. So I'll do it with my finger right now. Mm-hmm. So I say my lines just like this for, you know, uh, 30 seconds. And then when I do it afterwards, it will clean your diction up a lot and it'll sound very, very nice. And then you can speak fast. And so that is my trick for so many spots. So I can, you know, study the line. It becomes almost choreography opposed to trying to say it. It feels like your mouth is dancing. And so carrying a cork has saved me many a times. That's very cool. And, you know, I, I have to say that is pretty different. Right. Pretty uh, weird. <laughs> and actually, I've, um, I've, read, I've read about that before. And it's uh, not using a cork, but using a pencil. Yeah. 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 So it's the same, same idea. Yeah, totally the same thing. And I'll even do it with a, a, a word that's hard. If I'm lo- trying to learn a word for like a medical uh, you know, industrial that I'm doing, I, I will use the cork to say that word over and over until, until my mouth learns that word. And then it's, you know, much easier. Uh, so yeah, a cork, a cork is great, but I'll also give you a not so weird resource. Uh, another thing I use a lot is, uh, I spot TV. It's a website. Okay. So I spot.tv and it's great because when I hear a commercial on TV, I will go look it up on iSpot and then I will record it with my phone like so I can hear it and I'll study it that way. So I'll so iSpot allows me to like find commercials that I like and then study those voices um which is you know fantastic. Very cool. Is it I as in the letter I or E Y E as oh, in your eyeball? Yeah, good clarification. I like the letter I. Okay, iSpot.tv. Cool. And, and it'll show you statistics, too. So if you have a spot that's airing, it'll show you how often it's airing and you know how long it's been airing. So that's pretty nice. You know you have paychecks on the way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very cool. Now, w- when you're studying other people's voices, what kind of things are you looking for? Oh, man. That's a great question. Um, when I study other people's voices, really what I'm looking for is something that's uh, original and not something that's phoned in or called in. Uh, so, so it would be the same thing I look for when I watch like a good movie. I look for actors that are actually came up with a character that actually uh, has a real life behind their voice. And the same thing with voiceover uh, acting. I when I when I listen to a spot, I'm like, do I believe this person? Do I think this is a real person, or is this just a commercial? sound a very generic sound that they're that they were going for um and and you know of course our commercial world uses both of them marketing uses both of them 
just real performances and uh, just the commercial sound is very generic. Mm-hmm. But I like to study and listen for those original you know, voices that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's cool. What is he doing? How does he feel when he says that? Or, you know, what is he emoting with his body and with his face when he sounds like that? Um, or like same thing with audiobooks. So that's what I listen for. Uh, let me try to think of an example. Sure. Oh, so, so do you remember the new, when that new iPhone 5 came out? Yeah. And uh, the, that was, oh, what is his name? Uh, I'm not going to think of the actor's name now, of course. Oh, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh I'll think of it in just a second. Well, anyway, so he and he's a he's a famous actor, and he did iPhone commercials. And but when he performed it, he was really just being himself and kind of saying the lines like they were no big deal, kind of like this. He was like, you know, um, the iPhone. It's got a screen. It's got earbuds shaped like this, and you're gonna like it. And I was like, wow, just a guy being truly himself. And that, and so then for quite a few auditions, that I was like, I'm just going to be myself, just be a relaxed version of myself, and it was great. Um, so yeah, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> so could you recommend two books for our listeners? One of them being performance specific, and one outside of your performance expertise, like a business book or a self development book. Yeah, sure. Um, let me look at my shelf. I've got uh, a lot of both. I have a lot of both. Uh, so one of the books that I like a lot is The Art of Voice Acting by James Alberger. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, if, if anyone's into voiceover, that's a really good one. It comes with a CD, so you get to hear him go through you know, lots of voices. But I think the important thing is the structure that he puts on voice acting. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned the cork thing. Um, uh, and that's where you can, you know, the scripts and really break it down. Uh, you know, before you read it, you put your inflection in, if you want, you put your backstory and it makes a script a lot easier and comes to life. So that book's great. The art of voice acting by James Alberger. Um, and then you said a business or, or self-development book. That's correct. Uh, yeah, a book that's right next to my bed that I read. Uh, every few days. It's great. <laughs> it is a self-help book. I love self-help books. They're, they're the best because uh, they make me feel good about myself before I go to bed. Sure thing, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Feeling, making myself feel good, you know, in my, in my own head is is, uh, is a wonderful thing. So this one's called Ask and It Is Given uh, by uh, Jerry Hicks, I believe. Yeah, Jerry Hicks. And it's such a spiritual, hippy-dippy um, book, but man, it's for uh, I'm sure you've heard of positive psychology mm-hmm. it's kind of like that like a spiritual version of positive psychology and it's fantastic so I you know I'll come up with affirmations and sort of change and try to develop my habits of thought around who I am and what I think of myself uh, you know in everything in relationships and in the world in performance and so if I can kind of mold my thoughts, then the result of that will be a molded reality. Very cool. (laughs) So yeah, it's a good book. Check it out. Yeah. And I I will uh, link up uh, to both of these books 
uh, for our listeners on the show notes, and that'll be at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. Oh, great. Awesome. Absolutely. So could you give a piece of parting advice to our listeners? Sure. Um, <laughs> feels funny uh, actually giving advice to people. I know. <laughs> uh, not, not in person uh, that I don't know. Um, yeah, especially to performers. This is a piece of advice I would give to performers. Uh, to always seek to have a rich life outside of performance. Like performers always feel, and being a performer, I feel this way too, that our world is, is about performance. Like this is our world. This is what's important to us. But in the, well, in the scheme of things and in, in the world, it's really not that big of a deal. And so I feel like in, when we invest in something that brings you like satisfaction or, you know, outside of performance, something on your own, uh, or if you're like a giver to the community and the people around you and your relationships and your neighbors, it just enriches your life. And then you have, you're then a better performer because of it. You know, if you have all these great rich experiences outside of being an actor, you get to then bring them to your performance and it makes you a better performer. I love that Daniel Day Lewis is a, uh, is a cobbler, you know, when I learned that, yeah, he's, he retired from acting like, I don't know, 10 years ago and he'll come back out of retirement to do movies. Yeah. Okay. But he retired to be a cobbler, to make shoes. And I was like, that is badass. That's so cool. (laughs) But here's this, here's this guy that I'm like, you're the best actor and I should just quit. Um, but he, you know, I think he's so good because partly because he just has a rich life outside of performance. Um, and I think that's really important for, for actors is to, to find experiences outside of themselves, uh, outside of performance. So then they, then they can bring them to the stage later. And, and that's why you do woodworking, right? Exactly. That's, and I, and I picked up woodworking about, about two years ago, um, year and a half, two years ago because of that, I was like, you know, I have some time. Um, I want to develop something that is not acting that I can really get my hands on and that it doesn't rely on anybody else. You know, I don't want to have to, you know, do auditions, um, and have to wait for a call every day. I was like, I want to do auditions and then I want to go do my own thing and feel good about, you know, chopping some wood or sanding, a sanding a book block. Uh, <laughs> and it's been great, you know, and that's turning into a business too. I'm selling you you know, lots of reclaimed furniture on the side and I've got friends recommending me and I'm building things for people's homes now. It's fantastic. That's cool. Now, uh, do, I, I have to ask you being a, a woodworker, do you have a beard? <laughs> uh, you know, I have a beard, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, man, I have, I have a beard for two reasons, two reasons. One is because I'm a woodworker and I can't be a woodworker <laughs> without a beard. Uh, <laughs> but then two, this winter in Chicago has been so brutal that the only thing that I can do, <laughs> I could wear like just, you know, jackets around my face uh, or I could grow my, my thick beard, my, my caveman beard nice. uh, to, protect <laughs> my, to protect my face. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's really funny. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's weird because I can actually hear the beard. <laughs> Nah, I'm messing with well, you. <laughs> I'm gonna, Chris. Chris, let me tell you a secret. Sure. It's my beard that talks. I don't really talk. <laughs> my beard can do. It does voiceover. I, I, you know, I, I'm a. I work at a salon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course, you know. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the Chuck Norris beard, right? Only it's uh it's it's the Gabriel beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and, and your last name kinda sounds like Norris, right? Morrison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you we're changed on a my here. first name my uh, to Chuck Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Morrison. Chuck Morrison. He'll uh make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a roundhouse cake. Uh, all right well gabriel go ahead and tell us where we can find you plug your business and uh find you online your website your business if you're on twitter facebook oh yeah yeah um so let's see i i I don't really do twitter i um i probably should but i don't uh but gabrielmorrison.com is the website that should work uh, at times and uh you can look me up there my demos there i have a few headshots there cool uh, and then some silly pictures of me as well. And then um, it, you, there's also a link to my agency, uh, my representation, and that's Grossman and Jack Talent in Chicago. And they are a great agency in Chicago. Uh, they're fantastic people. And you can also look me up uh, on their website. And uh, so, yeah, those are the two big ones. And then on uh, Facebook as well, Gabriel Morrison. Uh, look me up on Facebook and friend me. Uh, cool. Normal have some sort of silly hat on or something as, a, as my picture. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, but yeah, look, look me up people. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll go on and, uh, see if I could find you on Facebook there. I'll be friend. Totally. You. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's friend each other. Good stuff. Well, Gabriel, you've shared all kinds of great information that our listeners can help can, can use to help grow their performance businesses. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I hope that you know some of these words help one or two people out there. That'd be great. And yeah, maybe a couple more than that too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Have a wonderful day, my friend. You too, Chris. Take care, man. With a city like this, you better bring your A game. Come see why Chicago is second to none. Want to ride one of the all new street bikes from Kawasaki for real? Get Taco Bell's new AM Crunch Wrap for first meal. Sometimes you gotta conquer the morning. Sometimes you gotta live moss. With every hundred dollars you spend on a day at Navy Pier, you'll get one free ticket to Shedd Aquarium, including the incredible jellies exhibit. Look, Obama gets it. Invest in education and clean energy, or we're gonna fall behind. Period. We believe in crafting something of purpose, something with the strength to move mountains. We know March is the month of lucky shamrocks, fluffy bunnies, and most of all, the legendary basketball bracket. Players, you know that when you see them, they have a look. It says, I'll give you a stroke a hole and still take your $5 NASA. See, I was working a night shift and I wanted a day shift, but I had to apply in person. So I'd work all night, get two hours of sleep, and start looking. Grab a cup of joe, go to the company, fill out an app, go to another company, grab a cup of joe, fill out an app. No matter what's going down, it can always go down smooth with Keystone Light. The beer that's smooth from start to finish. Hey there, this is your host, Chris Shepard, wrapping things up. I really hope that you're enjoying these free podcasts. If you are, I'd really appreciate it if you go to SuccessfulPerformerCast.com, click on the subscribe on iTunes tab at the top to be taken to the iTunes store where you can leave a rating and a review. Don't forget that I'll give a shout out by name to anyone who leaves a five-star rating. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen.
So if I say my lines just like this, 